This episode is titled, Call the Midwife, I Need Some Clam Juice. Okay, uh, hello, and welcome to Dinner with Nate. I'm your host, Nate Flansberg. Today, I am joined by two guests, Lauren Andronici and Kate Fields. They both have what I would say is one of the most important and interesting jobs on the planet. They are both certified nurse midwives, which I have tons of questions about. Um, today, they are going to share one of their favorite cold weather recipes, and we'll discuss the 2001 cult classic, Wet Hot American Summer. Hi, Kate. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Nate. Hi, Nate. <laughs> First, before we get into like the food and stuff, tell me a little bit about being midwives. It's like a really interesting uh, field. Um, and especially now with, with COVID going on, it seems like even more of a difficult field to be in well i don't know if kate should talk at all because she didn't sleep last night delivering babies and that she might have a bad attitude makes us a little punchy <laughs> yeah um maybe be more specific though i mean we could talk about being midwives for an endless amount of time like okay I'll, well i want to know if this is real or not so so i mean you're midwives you you deliver babies yeah yes Yes, that's part of it. Part of it. That's part of it. Um, I'm sure you also, you know, do you also discuss like family planning stuff and things like that with? Yes. Oh, yeah. Big part of it. Okay. I I assume that as well. So anyway, I saw a picture on the internet and I want to know and uh, if it's bullshit or not. Okay. So Uh I saw a picture where it was a baby that had just been born and it was holding an IUD in his hand. Is that even possible? Yes. I mean. Really? Yes. It's it's theoretically possible, but we've never seen it. So, so yes, but I mean, we've never physically seen Mm -hmm. it, although I have taken care of more than one patient pregnant with an IUD in their body somewhere. No, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that happens. Um, I was just like holding the IUD is pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean that's photoshopped. <laughs> I maybe maybe. Okay. Yeah, it was sort of like like you know, the baby was like uh uh-uh, uh and was like Thor, you know, holding like this yeah. tiny IUD hammer in its hand as it came yeah. out. Just I mean, I don't know. It looked like it's it, it was, could have been photoshopped. It was one of those stories that seemed like too crazy to be real i just wanted to know could have been photoshopped it could have been photoshopped it could have been real and we have not seen it though i I don't want to talk negatively about the iud it is the best thing out there so let's not focus on that (laughs) yeah you know there's there's eight billion people on the planet and you know pregnancy happens and and yes i'm sure that that i mean you would figure that maybe that happened one time at least and and i'm i'm just it just seemed uh far-fetched to me that they just happened to have a camera at the time but anyway uh, yeah it could it could absolutely be bullshit i I wanted to consult with professionals but it could happen absolutely as well (laughs) (laughs) although i believe most women with iud's who conceive because less than one percent of women with an iud in their uterus will become pregnant Mm -hmm. those women most of the time have the IUD expel from their body and not notice and then conceive because their IUD isn't anywhere. And that's what I see more. You know, we say an IUD is lost and then we do an x-ray after the birth and the IUD is gone. So likely they the, lost the IUD without fell out. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't notice. Again, rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I've seen more than once in my career for sure. Okay, I have one more question. Hmm. And I know you too well, but I I never ask you stuff about about your your job. Um, how many like twins or multiple births have you done? Just like you can't none. 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 We don't do those. Yeah. We, no, we don't do those. Oh, Although, 
See, I learned something. Singletons, singletons. Although one of our midwife partners is experienced with twin deliveries and she's been doing it probably about 10 years longer than or 15 years longer than we have. So right. in the old days, she used to catch twins, but. I mean, I've been, um, I have definitely assisted with twin births and diagnosed more than a handful of twins and triplets. I've diagnosed triplets. <laughs> Yeah. That was insanity. Insanity. Spontaneously conceiving triplets is so unlikely. This is this is the true story, actually. I only saw two. <laughs> Makes me sound kind of stupid, but when you see two, you're like twins. And then I sent her for like a real ultrasound, a formal ultrasound, and there were three. Wow. It's a game changer. So yeah, I mean, we diagnose them in the office, but then we kind of transfer their care to uh, OBGYN, who's by definition takes care of higher risk pregnancies. And anything past one fetus is a higher risk pregnancy. And midwives are generally don't generally do low risk, depending on how you categorize it. Define risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's time to buy a minivan, though. I mean, that's it's always kind of shocking. Um, well, yeah. And all three babies did great. I mean, well, all three of them. She sends me a Christmas card every year. <laughs> so I'm. So I. I think that we. I could probably just interview you about this for hours, and it'd be really fascinating. But mm -hmm. this show is called Dinner with Nate, so we got to talk about food and movies now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll throw some other stuff in there. Um. Uh. So. Um. Just tell me why you chose this meal and and how you found it and like why this is like something that you that we love. You yeah, can, I mean like, that you love. This is, a, this is a staple in both our households. Um I got a cookbook when I moved to Portland in nineteen ninety-eight <laughs> from my mom and dad. And it's called the salmon cookbook and there's probably 30 recipes in it. And this is the only one I've ever made. <laughs> so, um, I don't know why we chose it when it, we struggled, we struggled yeah. about what to tell you and get, you know, what to choose for a meal. Right. And we, we also talked about like why, you know, like what should we choose and why? Uh -huh. So we went through a couple recipes. We wanted like ease, but then we thought about our relationships with each other and our families. And so this is definitely. I got to tell you about this cookbook though. It's all burned. And it's because when I made, one of the times I made vodka sauce. You like had vodka, it or something? And I, I, oh, yeah. I poured it in not you know a little too quickly and i started a huge fire yeah and the fire went so high my cookbooks are stored above above way up high above my stove that it lit my cookbooks on fire and that's why this is actually burned, burned. yeah so the vodka sauce made it's it into action. the podcast anyway <laughs> soup is kind of important to us in the winter and it's easy mm -hmm. and our kids love it it's and really good we make it all the time. I can't even remember the last time we had it or the first time I had it, but I, I mean, I didn't grow up eating any fish. Oh my gosh. And someone was going to give me salmon chowder. I was like, Oh, it is so good. And I just, my kids like think it's amazing. And I feel like we eat it together very often. It's like on the menu because it's super easy. And, and everybody likes crowd pleaser. It. Crowd pleaser. And so we yeah. thought, you don't uh, eat a lot of fish because your family doesn't like it. So yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you giving me a recipe that has fish in it since no one in my family will eat seafood other than like shrimp. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm going to have to eat. I, I made a half batch because I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to consume this all on my own. Right. Uh, let's break it down a little bit. So it is a, it's a creamy chowder of like leeks and potatoes and corn and salmon. And um, that's kind of it. That's kind of it. I mean, milk. it's really easy. Like, milk. 
Right. Heavy cream. Heavy if cream. you really want to go for it. Right. Um, Did you I, use heavy cream? Well, you yeah. half and half. No, no. I, yeah, it said heavy. You cream. followed the recipe exactly. Well, yeah, and clam juice. You know, right? Who has clam juice? It's I know. So weird. I had to get from Lauren because it, it's like she just happened to have two bottles of clam. I juice. always have a little clam juice. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that shit, but for so long. Where do I get around Albertsons? Where do I get the Hello? clam juice? <laughs> The midwives have lots of clam juice. Sorry, couldn't. Shut up! That's horrible. It is. Always so many inappropriate jokes about fish. Um, keep them coming. Finding the clam juice is hilarious. is is such a challenge, and I just I went to Winco recently, and there it was, and I bought like six of them. It's like because I'm like, oh my gosh, jackpot! I left that place with all this clam juice. Right next to the smoked oysters. <laughs> yeah. How hard since you can't find it? And at Safeway, they're just like, what? You know, the Safeway and MLK, there's no clam juice. And you can there. buy it at um, New Seasons for $7. For like seven bucks a thing. And at Winco, it's like one ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I know, but like who is like clam juice? That sounds disgusting. But it really, I mean, it makes it. It's a great, easy, wintery recipe. And I ate it over here so many times and then we just make it all the time and the risk is the curdling can happen when you're talking which mm. happened, happened to us tonight to us about you know 20 minutes ago um you're all curdled yeah and i've got my my chowda or whatever it, this is salmon chowda i don't know would you call it a chowder it's not really like as thick as a chowder no i wouldn't actually i mean i grew up in massachusetts in new england this is not what I think of as chowder, no. it's more of a soup. It's soup, and in rainy Portland, Oregon, right now, this is like just kind of what I want to eat. Is like a creamy, hot soup that's got. Some right, like Lauren said it. Next, the next day, this is even better. It's really good. It's good I can't wait for you to eat it. Yeah. Um. Okay. I already, I I just went ahead and had some. Um. So. Did you salt it? Oh yeah, salt. And I have I have white pepper, which Ooh. was it on there. And I love stuff with white pepper in it. What What's the difference? That's funny. I've never ever paid attention to it saying white pepper. It's I don't you know I don't know. It they are they are different, obviously. But huh. it's it, when I was in England, uh, they had white pepper in on the tables, not not like black cracked pepper when when were you in england huh when were you in england um on on my honeymoon we went to london okay and, and then went to scotland a long long time ago we stayed in a castle we did i know i remember um, about it. um but yeah i just wonder if it has like a, a vinegary i always think of i don't know huh interesting hmm. I, we've also, um, I like to finish it with a little bit of truffle salt too, but I'm fresh out. Oh, fancy pants. Um, truffle salt, yes, is so good on it. Oh, that's God. awesome. Um, yeah, I don't tend to have truffle salt in my house, but um, maybe I'll get some next time. <laughs> Lauren has a story about when she, yeah, when you're a midwife and you, are up all night there's this phenomenon that we call like post-call shopping purchases post-call purchases really yeah they're not rational they're usually you know very yeah they don't make any sense and they're usually expensive <laughs> um yeah and i went to uh barber food barber world food <laughs> which is a great grocery store in southwest portland if you've never been there that grocery store is awesome. Anyway, they have a salt section, and I uh, started buying salt. She just grabbed a bunch of and I, I was like, cart. I looked at one, the price of one. Like chili salt, you know? Whatever. And I threw it in, and I probably had probably six or seven different salt. No, maybe not. Maybe five. Or five or something. Four or five. <laughs> and I went and I checked out, and I was like, wow, that was a lot. 75 bucks. Jeez. <laughs> what the? What happened? Oh, not to go off the rails, but 
<laughs> they actually that's who catered my 40th birthday oh, oh they really? great food there yeah because yeah. like oh man great food. so much good stuff there that's awesome anyway yeah. I didn't, you know the the regular sea salt costs i don't know three four bucks but the truffle salt is like you know 30 bucks <laughs> i probably bought 57 dollars worth of truffle salt without yeah. knowing and she didn't know and then you when your post call you you do these things you're not aware of it or even if you are like i have been known post call to i bought a vitamix yeah i bought a vitamix from my bed with my phone i i clicked you know purchase yeah. <laughs> Stupid. So, so post call is sort of like shopping on ambient Basically. Oh yeah, it's like, not good. And Lauren has no, been known to buy really expensive shoes, and then like I have to come over and be like, send them back. This is not okay. And then a couple of the other midwives will text each other. Just the other day, one of the other midwives in our group texted me from Costco because she was like going off the rails post call. Yeah, and I was like, oh honey, just put it back. Put it back. <laughs> yeah, it's it is you know it's just a different level of. Um, exhaustion sleep deprivation and you're you're functioning because you have to take care of your family you have to take care of yourself you, you, have to, you gotta get the grocery you gotta get it done and uh you have to be careful with your bank card you do have to be careful and um <laughs> i don't know how this has to do with our soup i lost track okay. yeah so like let's get you let's like get back it? to the soup for one second so you like it yeah it's good I like it. Um, yeah, the flavor is super good. Uh, clam juice. <laughs> totally. Clam juice really like does it. You mean uh, you didn't make fish stock from scratch, Nate? God, no. <laughs> I'm going to as easy that. as possible. And I, I, bought, I bought salmon and I got too much of it. So then I had to sort of text my neighbors and see who wanted the other half of the salmon because there's no way that it was going to get eaten in my house. Right. So I traded neighbor across the street, uh, a filet of salmon for um, like a birthday, a piece of birthday cake from um, their birthday yesterday. We have a connection all, and that's it all worked out. That's awesome. We have a salmon connection. So we're well, literally shocked. And I, and I traded Lauren. Yeah. You gave me. Clam juice. Uh, a bottle of clam juice for a couple um, kombuchas. hard kombuchas that you both really like the flavor. <laughs> yeah, that's it was a two for one. It was a two for one. I, I made out. Yeah, I, like Kate, you've really got me kind of hooked on hard kombucha, but that flavor, I just can't do it. It was well, really oh, that's yeah. <laughs> it's got activated charcoal in it. That's yes, just, like it's bizarre. I can't deal with it. I forget what activated charcoal is good for. Is like it skin? skin? It's gonna I'm, save I'm gonna, gonna let you know something here, Lauren. It's not good for anything. It's a yeah. It's, no, it is Nate. No, it's all no, lot. It's good, Nate. It's good for um our youth. It's gonna help us be youthful <laughs> and toasted. I really like your soup. I'm glad. Thank you for pitching this to me. Um, no, no one's at your house is going to eat it at all. No, I made I made one version without clam juice, salmon. And without and without salmon. Okay, so you basically made potato leek soup for yeah, them. Pretty much, potato leek corn soup. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've made this once with fresh corn, and I have to tell you, if you like milk the corn cob. Mm-hmm. It's um, even better. It's so good. I mean, it's not really corn season is more summer, and this isn't really a summer soup. Yeah, you had, I, I had to use frozen. Done that like one time. Mm. Um, so we'll take a little break, and um, we're gonna get into the 2001 cult class oh. wet hot American summer. Okay. Which I, you know. Uh, I could not believe neither of you had seen before, but I'm really excited to talk about it. Okay. We are back, and we have our drinks refilled, and now we're going to get into... Um, 
the 2001 cult classic Wet Hot American Summer, which I've just been informed that Kate didn't really like. Um, <laughs> which I think is crazy, but here we go. Okay, so I'm going to give a little synopsis of, of what this movie is for our listeners. Um, so Wet Hot American Summer is a satirical spoof on the teen camp sex comedies of the 70s and 80s, kind of like Meatballs or I think like there might have been one called like Poison Ivy or something like that, where there were there was this, this genre that happened in the late 70s and 80s where it was like just dumb sort of uh, teen like summer camp movies but somehow the entire cast actually looked like they were 30 instead of like 17 yeah yeah well that's true so that's basically what they were making fun of is all of that stuff um so well, i thought they were making fun of movies like pretty and pink and and like saying almost fire and so then i started watching it and i was like this isn't this isn't clicking you saw those yet. movies before I, well i saw them when i was she, older she saw them last week Shut up. I didn't watch them <laughs> like when you did. So um, so basically the whole movie takes place over the course of one day. Mm, yeah. Um, it takes place on August 18th, 1981, the last day of camp. Right. Um, so uh, the movie's uh, directed by David Wayne and written by Michael Showalter and David Wayne. And some people might know these guys as uh, the guys that had something to do. Or they were part of a, a comedy troupe called The State in the in the nineties. Um, kind of satirical stuff. Michael Ian Black also was part of that group, but it's a star-studded cast of a lot of like young stars that you would recognize now, like Elizabeth Banks and Paul Rudd, who clearly hasn't aged in 20 years because he looks exactly the same in this movie as he does now. That's um, true. <laughs> um, Chris Maloney. Um, Which one was Chris Maloney? Chris Maloney is the cook. Is the, oh, gosh. He's the great. The Vietnam vet. And Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Oh, Bradley Cooper is hilarious. That was, yeah. And Amy Poehler. Of yeah. Course, yeah, I felt, you know, when I first started watching it, I just felt like it was, I was watching a Saturday night, a whole season of Saturday Night Live with all the different <laughs> skits that go through, um, because, and all the cast members that are, like, yep, huge SNL stars. It's a, it's a bunch of, like, like, almost vignettes, like, it doesn't even see, oh, Molly Shannon is in it, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's as, exactly as the, what it is. As the art teacher. So yeah. um, the beginning of the of the day, um, you you get introduced to Coop and Katie, which are kind of like Coop has a crush on Katie, but she's uh, she's with Bobby, who is um uh, Paul Rudd, who's like, like the biggest like stereotype of a douche. Um oh <laughs> Well, not the word they use like a ton. I'm like, who says oh, douche? Well, they, they, they douche a lot. And then uh, the, at one point, like the, the, there is a kid who is like a, um, a Dungeons and Dragons sort of kid. And someone calls him a douche. And he says, <laughs> I had to write this down. Yeah, he so, said, yeah that he, was good. He said, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment because it has something to do with hygiene. Yes. Yes. <laughs> funny yeah they said douchebag a lot and that that was that reminded me of some high school friends who i think they said that a lot it, I, it was a very common like uh put down apparently when, when i know and as a woman 100%. who works in gynecology i mean don't do we talk about douching and i'm not sure i ever knew what it was well isn't isn't it bad Yes. Yeah, don't do, don't do it. Don't do it. No don't douching. Do it. Nope. And actually, only certain generations of women even know what a douche is. A lot of younger women have no idea. They're like, what are you talking about? If you're yeah. less than 20, they're just like, no. What is that? I'm like, never mind. Don't worry about it. 
that not so fresh feeling. Have you ever seen those ads? They're like, oh God, yeah, what? I remember that. Like, never mind. We'll just burn it down. No big deal. Burn down the aisle. The feminine hygiene aisle, burn it down. <laughs> and they're like, okay. When I first started watching it, it's totally not a movie. I would, I'm a drama queen. I want the drama. I want, it's just not, I don't yeah, love, we, I don't even like romantic comedies. Yeah. You know, I think me too. and I struggled and then I got into it. The more I watched it and realized what it was, the more I appreciated it. And um, I love the costumes. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to talk about it because I knew I was missing something. And so I watched it with Jason because Jason basically grew up on like Diet Coke and television. And so he brings me to like, he fills me in on all the shit that I missed in my childhood. Um, and he, but he wasn't, he wasn't jiving with it. And so then I was like, okay, so Jason and I aren't, aren't getting it. And then I was texting you because we were watching it at the same time. But I knew that Nate would have some insight and that I might appreciate it more. But the, I did appreciate um, in the moment when I was like imagining taking notes, I was like, okay, well, what, what do I like about this movie? And one of the things was all of the, everything the girls wore, I wore. I yeah. mean, yeah. down to mostly like the jewelry, the jewelry, that bracelet. The braided white bracelet. OMG. Jersey I Shore. That. Jersey Shore. I had the Four necklace walks. for it. I had the necklace that, that Katie wore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have to the say. hairstyles. Oh. The hairstyles. The Izod shirt. No, I wasn't that cool. I didn't have those totally things. Totally wore Izod shirts. I also had a boyfriend, and he used to kiss in a way. I was dying. Like, when Katie and Paul Rudd were like making out and like licking each other with their like tongue. Open mouth. <laughs> because <laughs> I remember in high school, my boyfriend, I would be like, why is that like normal to like make me feel sloppy? You know, like I remember he was the worst kisser. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of like me in high school, like learning how to kiss. And it was disgusting. Oh, yeah. I remember, I yes, that that reminds me of like the very first French kiss that I ever had. And I felt totally, like, I felt like, I, I think the girl that kissed me had a little, definitely had more experience than me. But at the same time, it felt like she was trying to eat my face. Right. That's what. But who knows, maybe you were like licking her. Like Paul Rudd was like licking. I mean, it's just so, so that, that had a moment. I had some moments of appreciation and that was one of them. Right. And then, yes, the costume. The outfits were amazing. So, and I love how, and I like the attitude about how they just let the kids do whatever the hell they wanted. Totally. You know, no helicopter. You were, and you probably weren't signing a waiver as you dropped your kid off. You either. weren't. And who knew <laughs> that your kid was going to hop in the like motorboat and just like, yeah, and they, there was no helmets and no life, helmets. life jackets. <laughs> oh, man. The, yes. The, the fact that like, Paul Rudd as camp counselor just completely ignores the kid taking the boat out by himself. Yeah. And the drowning and child then, then drowns and then <laughs> has to then get rid of the other kid that sees the drowning right. so that yeah. he doesn't get in trouble. You got to cover your cover your mistake. Yeah, and then the other counselor kept throwing kids out of, out the, of the van yeah. onto the side of the road. Um, so I guess I knew I would appreciate it more talking to you because I knew it was campy. I knew something was happening that I was missing. I mean, that does that does tend to happen when it comes to pop culture and I. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate that you're catching me up. I, With that said, I would not spend time watching it ever again. Um, and probably unless I received some sort of compensation. <laughs> well, what if, I mean, I bet if you watched it with me, you might, it, like if we sat down and watched it together, I could give you some more insights on what the hell. Did, you, did you might keep me from falling asleep? Okay. Did you, um, <laughs> Nate, did you watch it in 2001? I saw, yeah, I saw it when it originally came out. And um, I was a big fan of The State, which was the, which was the sort of comedy troupe so I really like growing up. I really liked Saturday Night Live. I really liked um, kids. In Letterman. The, kids in the Hall. Mm -hmm. Monty Python. And mm -hmm. then these guys, the state and the state. I think if I, I'm 99 percent sure it was it was on MTV. So it was a sketch comedy show that was on MTV. And 
then this movie came out a long time after that had all disappeared because i feel like the state was like in the early 90s and this was 2001 and it came out and it had all these people in it and i used i remember seeing meatballs when i was younger that had bill murray in it which is like a totally ridiculous summer camp movie which i actually watched recently and it has some really um it has some really suspect sort of stuff going on it. And now watching it, I'm like, whoa. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, but but this movie, I remember watching with multiple friends of mine over and over and over again and just picking apart all the ridiculous, weird crap that was in it. Because, I mean, so there's the, the, there, the fact that the whole thing takes place over one single day for instance, when Beth, the, uh, p- played by Janine Garofalo, uh, has to go into town to get a book about astronomy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that part. Yeah. And then a bunch of the other uh, counselors jump in the back of the truck and are like, let's go. Let's yeah. go to town. And you don't know this at the time, but apparently they were only gone for an hour. Yeah. But <laughs> during that course of an hour, they all... <laughs> Uh, they they bought beer, got addicted to heroin. Yeah, they snorted uh, coke in a smoked, alleyway. Smoked crack, um, mugged somebody. Yep. Ate French fries, and then come back and it's like none. Of, it, like they're just one hour later. <laughs> an hour later, and like someone says, "How was town?" And it's like great. It was it was great to get into town, even if just for an hour. And you're just yeah. like, what the what? heck happened? Yeah. I have and to- it was progressive, too. It's like they started off, like, overeating French fries. Yeah, that's true. And then it went to smoking cigarettes, and then to alcohol, and then, then to marijuana, well, and then to coke, then to heroin and crack and but somewhere in, Yeah, somewhere in between, they, like, coughed an old lady. Yeah. yeah. It, yep. it got progressively worse. It got progressively worse. Yeah. And um, there was tons of there was tons of sex in the in the movie. Oh yeah, tons, tons of kids sex, kids sex, teenager right. sex. Well, <laughs> Abby, <laughs> Abby sort of just kind of like makes out with everybody in the movie. Right. And and one of the things that I don't remember this is this was this a thing in the eighties where the gum. Like, the gum thing where like you every time before she's about to make out with somebody they like trade sticks of gum so they've got fresh breath to like yeah they have like gum in their mouth and they're french kissing with their like wet slimy tongues it's so disgusting yeah that was bad Uh, but then they have like the two men the dudes who are in love right and they're like yep having full-on sex in the shed yeah bradley cooper Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black were secretly the the gay counselors. Right. Also, here's another. So with that too, this is over the course of a day. You see McKinley played by Michael Ian Black, and then um, and Bradley Cooper's character. They have sex in a shed, and they, they get married. And then then they get married like thirty minutes later. Yeah. No, I actually think I think they get married and then have wait no which I don't remember. They have sex before they get married. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, You're right. and the two other camp counselors, JJ and the guy that works in the cafeteria. And we got to get to Gene, the cafeteria. Yeah, owner. he's the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. Um, so he was the, the highlight for me. The other guy that works in the cafeteria. They're like, you, you feel like they're like homophobes or something at first. Right. Like, like oh, McKinley is gay. What? This is crazy. What? what? And then... Then they like come into the cafeteria at some point and say, McKinley, we got something for you. Yeah. And then they deliver a, uh, them a wedding present, which is a chaise lounge from Crate and Barrel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that was, might have been one of the highlights. Uh, I definitely, you're right. I, I should have watched it with you because that, that made me laugh. I'm like, okay, I thought they were going to like gay bash them. Right. And then they just brought in the chaise lounge. Like, congratulations. Yeah. And I was like, oh, What's going on? <laughs> oh, so you you both have teen daughters, and I do as well. And I just want to say that when mine acts a certain way, 
I immediately go to Paul Rudd's tantrum in the cafeteria. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, the, the physicality of that scene where as he's throwing his body around is so realistic to things that happen in my house on, on you know, every week. 100%, yeah. <laughs> Paul Rudd, I, 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 I just watched with he's, the girls not long ago. What's that movie with Alicia Silver? Uh, they like drive in LA. What's that movie? Clueless? This, Clueless, yeah. Yeah, we watched maybe. Clueless with the kids recently. I don't know that I'd seen it. I don't know. I mean, it, who knows how long. What'd you think? Paul Rudd looks the same. Well, I've always liked Clueless. That's funny to me. Yeah. Paul Paul Rudd, like, I mean, seriously, the guy has an age in 20. Yeah, he ages No, I, I mean, I love I love Paul Rudd. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? His He's hilarious. His character was, he was a total asshole. Oh, his character, though, really pissed me off. I'm like, you're disgusting, and you're, like, licking Katie. Oh. Well, it wasn't the kissing. It was just it was his, it. his total disdain for her, while, you know, and then one second later, he's making out with her. He just... He's a total idiot, too. I love the part when he's, like, writing. He's writing down some stuff, and Elizabeth Banks comes over to him, and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm writing in my journal. And she goes, my journal? Like, you mean journal? And he goes, whatever. 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 Such a dick. <laughs> oh god. But let's talk about Gene the Cook because he was he was funny. Okay, so Gene the Cook is played by Christopher Maloney, who was on like um yeah, he was on like yeah, he was on like uh Law and Order, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, special victims unit. Yeah, yeah, for a long time. And as a very Decades. like serious yeah. detective guy. But Oh my God! In this movie, he plays the the cafeteria cook, who's an ex-Vietnam vet, who is just completely says the weirdest shit, and I think is the I think is the funniest part of of the movie. Me too. Like hundred percent. He is hysterical. Um. Yeah, some of the random crap that he says, especially to the other guy that sort of has to work with him in the cafeteria, where the guy sort of questions him. He'll be like, Mr. Kickass, Mr. Yeah. Burner. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. Oh my gosh. And then he's like talking to a can of vegetables, you know, and he's talking, oh, and everything is so weird. Like he's like, yeah. It's like my dick cream or hump the fridge. I got to go home to the fridge. Yeah. I'm like, or, or the other one is fondle my sweaters. That's the other yeah, one. All this great. weird sexual tension. That that was that was a highlight. Gene was a highlight. He was so funny. He had a little touch of PTSD. Just a tad. Just and touch. maybe a little repressed, you know, homosexuality. It's possible. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Uh <laughs> Um, so what was your, so Jean is definitely my favorite character. Uh, like what, what is yours? Susie. I like Susie, the, uh, Amy Poehler when she, um, the crafts yeah. with the kids and the oh, therapy. Oh, you oh, mean no, that Molly like, Shannon? Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Yeah. That was. She disturbed me. Well, she married a child. Right. I mean, so Nate, tell that. <laughs> talk about cringy moments. I mean, at that moment when I saw that scene, Jason and I, Jason goes, is that what I think just happened? And I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, pedophilia. yeah. it's almost over. We can, we can make it through. <laughs> <laughs> Two more minutes left to this movie, huh? I just liked it. Like she, she's there in their arts and crafts group and she like throws, it's the last day of camp. So all the art supplies are gone and she just throws this bin on the table and there's one brown crayon in it. That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and the kids, one of the kids is like, oh, we'll just play with these markers. We'll, we'll use these markers. And then she just breaks down in tears like, you know, why are you questioning my authority? And, and it, all, it all boils down to the fact that she's like is having like a split up with her husband, right? Yeah, yeah. And then one of the Ron, children ends whose up. Name, like, whose name is Ron. Ron. Yeah, Ron. And then one of the children ends up like counseling her through it. She's like, he's like, 
just look at me, you know, like, just say these words, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he looks like he's maybe like eight. Yeah, it, it went like, really he's like a nine. He's like a nine-year-old psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah, it got weird. Yeah, but the, it didn't get weird until he stood up and started massaging her shoulders. And then you're like, oh, we're, we're going there. That's what I thought. Was like, yeah, so he's there. massaging her shoulders and then he like grabs her face and like, look at me and say these words, you know? And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, that was too much. <laughs> too much. Oh, man. But I think Gene was my favorite character. Gene is so funny. Like, and Gene's, Gene's sort of like storyline culminates into like this big finale where he ha gives this big speech in front of yeah. the entire cafeteria and uh, admits all of his like weird issues and appreciates that everybody has let him make food for them and all of this stuff. And then he just says, you know, now I'm going to go and hump the fridge. Oh, the fridge and the guy rolls out the fridge for him and he 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 straddles the fridge and he mounts the fridge he mounts the fridge and sort of grinds against it as it rolls out of frame and it yeah but it under a <laughs> yeah but the whole the whole camp is accepting of no yeah totally they they're popping and cheering and accepting and you know nodding their heads that's right See, that because yeah, they accept the fact that like this guy's weird, but he probably makes really good Salisbury steak at camp. I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> I mean, it's the same sort of feeling with the two guys when they roll in the chaise lounge. You're just like, well, I mean, I guess anything goes at camp. What year was this? You know, I'm trying to think about like. That's why I think it's really funny. <laughs> because it's yeah, there's a, you know there's a lot of little little things that if you're not paying attention you're not gonna even notice funny things, whether it's stuff in the background or- Or um, the, 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 so when, when, Vic, when Vic and the other guy come back, like have that chase scene where yeah. one guy's on the motorcycle and yeah. a hay bale in the middle of the road and he, yeah. the guy on foot jumps over it, but the guy on the motorcycle for some reason can't dodge a hay bale and like skids out. But if you look really close, it's not the same guy. It's a stunt man. <laughs> and like riding the motorcycle. On the motorcycle with a wig. It doesn't even look anything like the actual actor that's in the movie. But right. the, but it's totally on purpose. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it happened again when he pulled I just noticed it when the, he pulled the bike into camp. Oh yeah, that too. They do it again. Like, Am I seeing things or is that two different people? No, it's like a cowboy switch where they like pan the they pan the camera away and then they switch places and when they pan back it's the actual actor. So lame. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm gonna watch something like this in the future, I should probably watch it with you, Nate, because I've also I mean, seen it like eight hundred times. I mean, I knew there was stuff in it. I knew there were I knew there was some sort of like worth to it. <laughs> I mean part parts of it are just like all these like if you if you saw all these summer camp movies in the 70s and 80s even just a couple of them they have all these tropes right it's like you know uh there's there's some love interest obviously there's like there's usually and, and even like if you even think of like Ernest goes to camp did you ever see those movies mm -hmm. so Ernest goes to camp also it's always like the cafeteria cooks are always crazy for some reason that's just like huh. a, a standard summer camp trope. Um, but then also, you always got to have a talent contest, right? Uh, yeah. And which is what this whole day culminates in with having, there's a talent show going on that Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper, their two characters are sort of the head theater sort of geeky people that, but, but Amy Poehler sort of runs it like, <laughs> she's just like, you know, Broadway. Like, Broadway. giving them crap about it and being like this is like regional theater get your shit together you know and, that was funny. And, then, leotard. <laughs> and then then like the big the big musical number at the at the talent show is day by day from like yeah, yeah. superstar and i think the girl that sings it was actually like a broadway actor so they got this like broadway like like sensation person to be in the movie and, and sing the song at the end Oh, I didn't know that. The funniest, the funniest part of that is when it's all over, across 
lit lights up behind them because it's Jesus Christ Superstar. Ah. Clearly a Jewish kids camp. Yeah, I was gonna I was everybody gonna booze at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice the cross. Okay. I didn't know. I know. I, I knew it was an all. I knew it was a Jewish camp. Because oh yeah, me too. Because Garofalo's naming off all the kids that have to go yeah. on the bus, and it's all. Like <laughs> the only thing, yeah, and that that I had a moment because I grew up in New England and in Western Massachusetts, like in that rural rural part, and there were a lot of. I just remember hearing. I I didn't really know what this meant then, but there was like a ton of Jewish camps. All these kids would come into the Berkshires where I'm from. From New York to camp, to camp in the country. Berkshires? What? That's how you say Ber it, Berkshires? Berkshires. Berkshires. Oh, I just thought it was Berkshires. Okay. I mean, I'm sure. You would know you're from there. In England, I'm sure. But the Berkshires, yeah. So in the Berkshires, which is like this beautiful countryside, everybody, there was. <laughs> they get out of camps everywhere. <laughs> they can't. They came out of the city. Though. Oh yeah, they would come and go to camp. I was like, oh, maybe this is referencing, you know, Jewish camp. Clearly, right? <laughs> yep. But I never went to camp. There's that too. Like I right. never. That's the other reason you did, probably didn't like. Did it. you go to camp, Nate? I only went to camp once. Um, I I mean, I have more like sleepaway. Yeah, just one time, one maybe like a week. Um, and I don't even remember what age it is uh, that I did that. But like, you know, my daughter has gone to like sleepaway camp multiple times. And the funny thing about the sleepaway camp she goes to is when, like when I dropped her off, the first time I dropped her off, I was like, oh my God, this looks like way hot American summer. Cause it was, like, <laughs> it was, it was seriously like, the one she goes to is called Camp Silver Creek, and it's uh, like in Silver Falls State Park in Oregon. And they haven't changed anything since the 60s. Like, there's no yeah. electricity in the cabins. It's rad. And immediately, I just, I thought of every, like, summer camp movie. It, it looks like they could have filmed any of those movies at that place. Right. Um, and I, I don't know what goes on there. You know, she's gone for like a week, and she loves it. Did you go to camp? I, I totally went to camp. Well, I went to camp. Our school had a camp. Um, every sixth grader went to sleepaway camp. I think our kids did that, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, I think so. They they went at the same time. Well, yeah, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. So we this was longer. We went, I think, three or four nights in sixth grade, and um, I was one of the favorites. <laughs> That, I mean, seriously. So I got invited back in seventh grade, in eighth grade, in Wait, ninth grade. You had to have an invite in to grade. go to camp? Well, yeah. There was, you know, we called it winter camp. And I went every single year. Um, I became a camp counselor. If this is in New Jersey? Absolutely. What, the Pine Barrens. What, what grades? Six through, I probably still went when I could in college. So this isn't, this isn't summer camp that your parents paid for? No. Okay. But, you know. But it was camp. It, yeah, it was totally camp. Absolutely. Yeah, I had no camp, no, no, not even like a day camp ever right. in my whole life. Right. I mean, the fact that my daughter goes to sleepaway camp has been thrilling for me. <laughs> Like living through her. They love they I love mean, sleepaway camp. They love it. Amazing. I mean, I, I wish I had now as as you know, a 46 year old adult, I, I feel like I missed out on something. Well, because, I mean I one hundred percent did. Because every summer when when uh um when she comes back, it's like she had the greatest time ever. Yeah, right. They grieve. They yeah. grieve when they come back. They're yeah, they're they're, they're pissed bummed. when they come home. Because yeah, they're bummed. Yeah, one of Lauren's kids that came back home once and was like, I just want to live there or something. She said I think it's my second. No, home. that's what she said. We were driving back and they were like filthy, exhausted. Disgusting. And she was in the back of the van and she said, Mom, Camp Westwind is like my second home. Yeah, that's what it was. <sighs> it just that's so worth it. Oh, it's so worth it. I mean, I will bend over backwards to get them to camp because 
I mean, and this movie reminded me, like, one of the reasons I feel like, aside from the fact that I apparently didn't watch it with the right person, but, like, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm missing it for a couple reasons. One is, I never watched anything growing up. Um, like, I wasn't exposed to any movies. I couldn't watch television. Um, so there's that. And then I was like, well, I also didn't go to camp. Not a day in my life did I ever go to camp. What are all these camp references, you right. know? So yeah, I would have to say, go back and watch Meatballs with the Bill Murray one. I haven't seen that in years. And that, seen- that'll give you like the, the reference to what they're kind of trying to make fun of. Okay. Um, but if you want to take it further, if you trust me on this. So they made a, a on Netflix, there's a series of Wet Hot American Summer where they got everybody back, the whole cast back together, like 10, oh God, a lot. This was only a couple years ago. So it was like 17 years after they filmed the original movie. Well, they promised in the first yeah. movie to meet back in totally. 10 years. So yeah. they do that. So they actually do that. And then they also go back and do um, Wet Hot American Summer the first day of camp. So they, they go back and do the beginning of what then transpires in the movie. Um, they're also really funny. I'm not going to say they're as funny as this, but maybe you'll think those are funnier because you didn't think this was as funny. But this, like, it was worth a watch because it's like seeing all of those people, you know, the, all those actors where... Uh, and again, you'll you'll watch it and go, yep, Paul Rudd looks exactly the same as... Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I mean, I actually think the movie's much funnier just talking about it. So right. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nate. I would have never watched that. <laughs> I was getting we were, I was getting some crazy text messages through it. Oh, really? Well, oh, you yeah. fell asleep and I was, like, tired. Maybe I shouldn't have watched it after work, you know? Right. I mean, Lauren and I both are attracted to drama. I mean, we like we like the intensity of our work. I mean, I think it just makes for, you know, when you sit down to watch something, some, you got to be yeah, ready. We like comedy. I like comedy. No, I do too. Like I mean, not a com- movie, but stand-up comedy is nice. But stand-up comedy, there's something about it. It's not campy. It's like part of why it's funny is because it's horrible and painful. Right. You know? right. <laughs> I mean, humor, it's true. Humor has deep grief and sadness and real trauma like that you're experiencing or stories that reflect that in the person that's expressing it. And this just felt like, <laughs> but I, I mean, again, Kate wants like deep, um, like, like pained humor. I mean, not, it kind like, of, not like totally like what the fuck's going on humor. Yeah. It did remind, like it did make me, it did make me reflect on that part of myself. Like maybe, yeah. I mean, it did. It made me wonder. Do you, I guess I don't like this kind of humor. No, I knew I. I knew I didn't. I knew I didn't. First twenty minutes in, I was like, "Oh, this is not my kind of movie." Yeah. Well, I mean, I felt the same way. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna fall asleep, if you'd rather go to bed and watch the the last forty minutes of it, I got. I don't know though. I watched it over two days. It got better once I accepted what it was. Yeah, I think That's we had no part of it. That's definitely part of it. You kind of have to just like go, I'm on a ride. Yeah. Thing that I do not understand. And I okay. just have to accept the ridiculousness of what is happening right now. Yeah, I, I, yes, wasn't, exactly. I wasn't prepped in that way. And so when I turned it on, I was expecting something different. We went in cold though. I had no idea totally cold. what the movie was. When you first sent me the title, I, I texted you back like, is this pornography? Right. <laughs> what are you making me watch here? Well, when you search for it, you get a lot of interesting stuff before you find it because you're like <laughs> hot, wet. <laughs> like, oh, not that one. <laughs> okay. Well. But I appreciated that you. I mean, I I appreciate the fact that I've now watched this movie, and I can see I can see the. Um, the humor in it in a in a way that I didn't prior to our discussion. I'm gonna watch this the um the Netflix. Well, 
I'm going to watch it 10 years later. Just you should see. And and it's got even more people in it. Jason Schwartzman is in it. Oh, he's so funny. Maybe we'll watch it right now. I'll watch it with Lauren. We'll watch it right now. We should watch. We're going to watch it after this. Chris, Chris Prine. Yeah. Is in it as well. Who's that? He, uh, Captain Kirk from uh, the new Star Trek movies. Yeah, uh, no, wait, I have no idea. He was in Into the Woods. He was one of the. Um, okay, you. That's know. all right. I I don't know these things. I you, okay. like, you like musicals though, Kate. I do. Have I've you, never seen Into the Woods though. You didn't see the movie of Into the movie version of that? No. Dude, it's. So Neither cool. did I. I look forward to it then. I'll put it on my list. I did that, and I I did that play in high school. Actually, actually, Chris Prime plays the the character that I played in high school. Oh, what the handsome prince! The, the Cinderella's prince, as a matter of fact. Oh right, yeah. Not much has changed. Oh, Nate, <laughs> handsome prince. Uh huh. Okay. Well, thank you for for doing this, and thank you for your soup recipe because it was really good. And um, yeah, I hope you guys watch the sequel stuff that's on. No, I think we will. And um. Anything else you want to say? No. Nope. Okay. No. Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Thanks for having Nate. us. Thanks for thinking of us. Thank you for doing this. This was fun. Okay. All right. Have a good night. You too. And there we have it. A big thank you to superhero midwives Kate and Lauren for being good sports and watching something outside of their regular comfort zone. I hope some of you will check out Wet Hot American Summer specifically for that reason. It's really funny, I promise. The soup was definitely wet and hot, which is just what we need now that winter is upon us. Go to my Instagram at Dinner with Nate for the full recipe and pics from this episode. Remember to leave a review if you listen on Apple, and please subscribe to the pod on whatever podcast service you use. If you have a specific movie genre that you'd like me to tackle, email the pod at dinnerwithnatepod at gmail.com. I'm Nate Flansberg, and this was Dinner with Nate. Thanks for listening.